Negative comments do make you question yourself. You can get really hung up on them, and I have in the past. I suppose I've always had that insecurity about my own game and, and whether really I do belong at this level. You're listening to the England Rugby Podcast, O2 Inside Line. I'm Freddie Stewart. I'm Freddie Stewart and I play for Leicester Tigers in England. So I play fullback, which I like to explain to people as almost like a goalkeeper sort of role in, in a rugby team. Um, spend a lot of time behind the defensive line. It's quite a tactical position. There's a lot of to and fro with the opposition playmakers. Try not to give them space for them to attack. There's lots of running, <laughs> lots of running left and right to get on the end of the line. Um, but it's a brilliant position and, and I love it. My parents would describe me probably as a bit of a handful from a young age. I was always very active. I loved being outside. I remember my granddad used to come round every Sunday and we used to kick a football around the garden. Got an older brother and a younger brother, so we were always outside. I think that's probably why I'm so competitive, because I grew up with those guys and we were always trying to one-up each other from an early age. But that's sort of how I was as a kid. Lots of arguments and probably some fights with my brothers, which mum will tell you some. She's got not so very many fond memories of. I'm very grateful to have mum and dad. You know, they brought me up brilliantly and happy to make them proud. So I grew up in Norfolk, which is quite a rural area. Lots of fields and lots of countryside. And I suppose that's sort of why I love that stuff. And for me, that's my escape. You know, in weeks off and time off, I love going back there to the fresh countryside air and just spending time with family. It's quite a quiet place to grow up. There's not so much going on there as, as it probably does in, in, in big cities and stuff. Norwich is quite a small uh, place, but, you know, I was very fortunate to, to grow up there and, and meet some great people. And I've still got loads of mates from back there. And it seems to have developed this this seam of talent rugby-wise. Ben Youngs, who, who's been here previously, and of course, Jack Van Portfleet as well, and, and Tom, Ben's brother. There's, there's loads of guys who come from Norfolk. I'm not sure what it is, but it's just a great place to grow up. My first memories of rugby aren't actually good ones. My mum would take me, mum and dad would take me over on a Sunday to Swaffham Rugby Club. Uh, my older brother played there. He was two or three years older, so he'd started. And as I got to that age, under fives, under sixes, mum and dad took me over and I actually locked myself in the car the first time I went. I was adamant I wasn't going to play rugby. Hated the idea of, of running around in the mud and, and all that stuff. And they sort of, I wouldn't say forced me into it, but they slowly sort of introduced me to it. and. From then on, I sort of fell in love. I just love the freedom of it, and that, that was it, really. I'm very lucky that I've got two very supportive brothers, and Harry, the older one, I've got a very good relationship with, as, as I have with the little one as well, Guy. He's, he's just started at Loughborough Uni, which is where I've graduated, so he's sort of semi-following in the footsteps, and it's, it's nice for me to be close to him and keep an eye out for him. Family's the most important thing for me. Granddad's I've always had a close relationship with. Him and Grandma always used to come round. My granny too, um, they were very good. They used to come almost every week when we were young, pop around the house and see how we're doing. And Grandad's always said to me, I don't know how he knew, but he always said to me, he was the one that alongside Mum and Dad said, I, I genuinely think you, you, you know, you're going to go, and, you're going to go and play for England. He was always, always one of the first ones. And he used to play a bit of football when he was younger at Cambridge United. He was a goalkeeper, and he just always believed. And he's had a slightly tough upbringing. He was always battling from a young age with, with, with lots of things. So for him to be where he is now and, and show that resilience and stuff to get through, that was almost, he was like my role model almost. So it's just great to make him proud.
trying to get their defence in line. What can England do with this? Stewart driving! My name is Guy Stewart and I'm Freddie's younger brother. Yeah, we got on really well and just brotherly love. He'd, uh, he'd pull my to- teeth out when they needed pulling out. That was a classic. I was always too scared to do it myself and obviously that would leave me crying for a couple of hours. But <laughs> he got that was how he got his attention as well. He's just, he's got a knack for being good at everything. So his best quality is just being able to just focus on something and just nail it and nail it and nail it until he can get better at it. I think that's helped his whole career, to be honest with you. It's a skill that he's tried to identify and then just done it until he's, he's the best and the best and what he does at it, really. I'm Freddie's mum and I'm Jane. All three boys are sporty, loads of energy, very active, and therefore, actually, it was my, my mum's mantra, keep them busy, keep them out of mischief. Well, we kept them busy, we kept ourselves busy, Um, But I'm not quite so sure we kept them entirely out of mischief, probably particularly Freddie, really. We were always out and about and and doing sport, really, and they loved it, we loved it. We had a trampoline in the garden uh, and rugby tackling was uh, the preferred, rather than bouncing up and down, it was the preferred option. Physically and fun and energy and mischief was always top of the list. Wow, to watch Freddie play for England. The very first time we drove down to London, all very excited. We had godparents with us, family with us. And yes, it was the first time we saw Freddie come off the bus in white strip, et cetera, et cetera. So it was very uh, pinch yourself moment. It really was. Um, and then the stage just got bigger. He's worked really incredibly hard. Proud, very proud. But we don't say that enough to him, I don't think. We, uh, we do try and keep him on the ground. The best thing about playing for England for me is always the bit after where you go and see your family. I love that bit when the full-time whistle's gone. You go and see your family over by the side and that sort of, those are the moments that I remember probably the most fondly about what's happened so far. It's so nice to see the smiles on their faces and I think that makes me feel great, like seeing how happy they are and how proud they are at full-time is, is just a really nice moment. Growing up, I think hard work was always the main sort of characteristic and the main thing that was instilled in me from a young age. Uh, Mum and dad have worked very hard throughout their lives and and still do today and they've sacrificed for me to be where I am now. From a young age, that was always seeing them do that. Those sorts of things are are the bits that can get you far in life. So I think that was definitely a key characteristic from a young age is that talent gets you in the door. It's the the classic cliche saying, but it it really is the hard work and the graft that, that gets you there. And even now, I still firmly believe that that's the case, you know, particularly in a professional environment, you know, that can be the difference is that attitude and that hard work. And I'm, I'm grateful for, for family for teaching me that from a young age. I'm Ben and I'm Freddie's dad. As, as parents, we were very conscious with, with three boys that we exposed them to a bit of everything when they were very young. So they played a bit of cricket, they played a bit of football, um, they played some rugby, they swam. But certainly rugby was the, the sport that all three of them gravitated towards. And it was clear, you know, even at tag level, Freddie was often the one that would, would, would be charging through from one end of the pitch to the other. Certainly he had the attributes, he, he had the intelligence, he had the the game understanding, he had the competitiveness and he had the, the singularity, the, the, the drive to, to be successful. I don't think there's 
almost any adjective that describes it other than I can say that we're sort of unimaginably proud. You know, they're, they're the words. It's, it is unimaginable. These guys, they are the, the elite players in the country in that sport. And to think that, you know, he's come from this home and he's come through the grade and he's made it on his own, it makes you incredibly proud of what he's achieved and what he's done to get there. Three weeks ago, I, I had my final exam at university. Four years it took me to, to get my degree. Well, I haven't graduated just yet. Hopefully I've passed. But no, economics, I studied. At the time I made that decision to go to university, I wasn't 100% sure that professional rugby would, would be an option. I'd just signed for Leicester, but I wasn't really certain. Of course, I wanted that to, it to play out that way, and I would, I, I'd given everything since for it to be that way, but I was never sure that that would, would be my career. So university was always there as a backup plan, really. And then I suppose two years in, rugby started to get more serious, and by that point, I'd, I'd got far enough along, I wanted to finish it. People instantly think when you try and match uni with, with what I do in terms of the rugby, it's really tough, but I actually think it's helped. I actually think that balance has really helped. I think having that escape from rugby, having something else to, to have an interest in, having something else to do in my spare time, meeting people away from the rugby side of things um, and away from that bubble has actually really helped. The second I thought that that balance would change and if I felt like uni was affecting my rugby, I would have, I would have stopped, but I, it's been a great balance. I've loved it and I'm so glad. I have no regrets at all. I'm really glad that I've got through it. It's been an incredible four years. Now, actually, I'm going to miss it now I've graduated. I need to, to think of something else to get my teeth into. Lived at uni for three years. I think first year, as I was coming through, it was probably the most difficult time to balance. That's the year where you get your, your foot in the door and you have to really push on. You know, you're at uni and everyone's at freshers and there's there's those temptations and stuff. So it was a really difficult balance to start with. And very early on, I, I learned a lesson that you don't have time or opportunity to, to mess up. You know, you can't be delving in that. You've got to get the balance right. You don't get a second chance sometimes, so. I remember my first skin fold. So we get measured, our fat percentage gets measured. And my first skin folds, after having a term at uni in my first year were terrible. And for me, that was a little pinch me moment, like, mate, come on, you need to... It, I wasn't doing anything terrible, but it was more just, I wasn't, I could have been in better shape. And for me, that was the pinch me moment and the, like, you need to get your ass in gear, you know, you, you got one shot at this. So that was, yeah, the moment that I really, you know, had to dig in and get that extra 5% of thing. Hang on, this is, you need to, you need to get your ass in gear you have to be the key driver for your, for yourself. So I had to take control and, and be mature in, in that situation. And Steve himself, who's who studied at Bath and did did an economics degree, he's done it. And and so to have him there and pick his brains as well, you know, it's uh, to see people have done it and achieved it and it is possible makes you believe that, you know, you can do it. I was at Leicester all the way through with a guy called Johnny Law. He was sort of my closest mate through the academy days and he signed professionally on with Tigers as well. And we sort of chose to do this university journey together. So he was a guy who I'd already known and we lived together in first year and second year and third year. We went all the way through together. The fact that we were both balancing it together was was really beneficial because we could, you know, pick each other up when when, when we needed it and and be on each other to to get things right. So for that reason I was I didn't want to move away, I guess, and I still don't think I'm ready to live on my own just yet. Like I'm I'm one of those guys that loves being with other people. I'm quite a sociable bloke and Probably not yet ready to live on my own. I'm not not quite sure I'm ready for that. But no, I, I love those guys. Hi, I'm Johnny Law. I've known Freddie since well, Freddie's about 
15, came through the academy with Freddie, lived with Freddie for, for three years whilst I was at Leicester. He's just very hard working, he's willing to put his head down and graft. I remember just, yeah, right from the start when we were the first pre-season, put his head down when he got his opportunities and he, he took them really well. When he made his sort of first team debuts when we were all 19, he was just he seemed really composed and I was like, you know what, actually, this bloke doesn't make many mistakes. Like, he's very disciplined and he's very hard working, but he's just, he's very composed when sort of there's a high pressure situation. I think it's just sort of proud to be there that I've been there for a lot of his milestones. We've been there from 15 years old to now we sort of star player for England. It's pretty nuts. Like we always say this because we've got a lot of friends. It's weird because to us it's just just our mate that we've played rugby for a few years. We're never like it's like oh my god, playing rugby. It's just he, he's he's pretty much stayed the same bloke and like you can still have a laugh with him and you still sort of we sort of tease each other and have fun with each other. So it's a weird experience in terms of we'll go and have a coffee and it'll be normal and then. Two days later, you see him on TV playing for England. He's worked hard the last four, five, six, seven years. So he's sort of, everything that's come to him, he's deserved. And hopefully he can be in this England squad for the sort of next 10 or so years. Summer 2020, it was a summer tour. So we were playing Canada and USA and I'd sort of had one one season where I'd made some regular starts and even then I, I didn't think that I'd potentially be in, be in the hat for that selection and then it's it's a strange way of doing things. You just get added to a WhatsApp group and it just pings on your phone and it was just so surreal to sort of see that and, and then look at the other names involved and see who, who you're mixing with. Uh, it's a day I'll never forget. You never forget the first one and even now, every single time you're, you're named in a, in a campaign, it, it's the same feeling. It's just euphoric. So I rung mum and dad straight away back home and it was all a bit teary. But even then, there's there's being in the squad and then there's actually pulling on the shirt. So even then, I, I thought, you know, I'd be around it, might get a chance to play a few minutes here and there and to then play both the games at Twickenham. Uh, it was COVID at the time, so it wasn't, wasn't packed out, but they're just days I'll never forget. I had all the family there and to wear the shirt and sing the anthem for the first time, it's, it's special. A psychologist came to, to do a bit of work at the club called David Priestley and I was introduced to him and, and we started working together and he's been absolutely massive for my career. And I think I was so naive before then to sort of disregard the mental domain and those sorts of things. You just think you can deal with it. The techniques that David taught me and acknowledging that the pressure is there and you do have to deal with it completely changed the way I thought about the game and the way I dealt with those situations and dealt with those moments. I remember the red card against Ireland. I think had that happened two years previous, I'd have been an absolute mess walking off that pitch. But the work that I'd done with David, sort of the mental strength that he's he's helped me develop, which you have to be. You have to be strong and you have to be robust mentally. I don't think it's talked about probably as much as it as it is. You know, physically, everyone talks about speed and technical skills, but really the mental side of it is massive. Like to to be able to to hold it together at that level is is tough but he's been brilliant for me. I've always been quite demanding of myself and I think there's two sides to that that can be a good thing in the sense that you know you want the best out of yourself and you expect this bar so you're you're striving to achieve that but there's also times where if you don't you know hit that that level that you expect to yourself you you beat yourself up about it so like i say there's there's moments where i feel like that's got some really good stuff out of me and there's moments where you know i've been in some holes where you know i don't i don't believe myself that i've i've reached that level or or i'm good enough and it's been difficult to deal with but you always have to be looking for the next 5% and striving to get better you you have to be like that because if you're not 
you know, you get overtaken by someone. So it's having that attitude where you're trying to learn, you're trying to develop, but you also need to be disciplined with yourself that you're not being unrealistic. It's, it's the balance, isn't it? It's the balance of not wanting to overachieve and not wanting to underachieve. And it's the hardest thing is setting realistic goals because so much is going on that it's actually really difficult to think long term. So for me, that was one of the lessons I learned. I used to think I want to be there in a year. I want to be there in two years. But really, it's the I want to be this in a week. They're the goals that really can help you. If you get caught up too much in that, that long term stuff, then you can get lost. You can get lost very quickly. And I was a bit like that when I first came through. I was, I was like a, a rabbit in headlights. I was... There was so much going on. I wanted to get better at this. I wanted to get better at that. And the guidance that I had from the coaches then really helped me focus on certain things that, that would then help that long-term goal. I suppose the the root of that stuff mainly comes from social media in this day and age, doesn't it? I think there's a there's an expectation, perhaps unfairly, that everyone's expected to have a perfect game at all times. And there's no doubt that everyone that pulls on an England shirt goes out there and gives absolutely everything and, and gives 100%. So... But then sometimes that to be deemed as failure is, is is tough to deal with. It's by no fault of effort. You know, you always go out there and you always give everything. And, you know, we all have bad games. That's professional sport. Uh, it happens. And I suppose social media is sort of allowed for a platform where, you know, anyone and anyone can, can, you know, tell you you've had a bad game if you have or tell you you've had a good game. And for me anyway, I could have 10 messages saying you've, you've played brilliantly. I could have one saying I was terrible. And that would be the one that would keep me up at night. I used to get stuck down rabbit holes all the time when I first came through. You know, you type your name in the search bar on Twitter and very quickly learn that that's, it's, not, it's not good for anyone. I don't have Twitter anymore. I deleted Twitter. I stay off that sort of thing. And, and that's really helped me because you don't find yourself looking at all these articles, looking at it. It's, it's not helping you. You know, the, the people that matter to me and my family and, and the coach. So they're the people I, I need to be, you know, impressing. Negative comments do make you question yourself. Regardless of who they're from, they really do make you think and you can get really hung up on them and I have in the past. People want to see, you know, 80 metre line breaks, they want to see people step in six players. That's the excitement factor of the game and my strengths haven't necessarily been those, those bits. I wouldn't describe myself as an X-factor player, so I suppose I've always had that insecurity about my own game and, and whether really I do belong at this level because my strengths aren't necessarily the things that people get excited about and people want to see. So I've had to learn that that's okay. Like that's, and it's not been easy, but it's a challenge for me. And it's understanding that I just need to do my job. I need to do my strengths the way I am. I don't need to try and be something else. I need to try and be something different. You know, I need to stick to what's got me to this this point and trying to keep getting better at those things. Inside ball is a nifty one. Oh. Stewart links beautifully. Ah, that is immaculate from Leicester. I'm Danny Kerr and I play for Harlequins and England Rugby. Freddie Stewart, if the ball's in the air, Freddie's catching it. How he soars above everyone else, it's incredible. The feel of safety you have having Freddie on your team is incredible. He's a part of that young little Leicester crew, which him and Jack Van Portfleet and Ollie Chesson, just jokers but brilliant lads who are just loving life. And on and off the field, yeah, he's a, he's a brilliant bloke. My name's Ollie Lawrence. I play for Bath and England Rugby. Freddie Stewart's a Muppet, that's what he is. I love him to pieces, but yeah, he's a class player. He's a great lad. He's incredibly talented, um, and he can catch anything in the air. Here's Smith. Oh, the gap there for Freddie Stewart, and the step, and the Leicester fullback. 
gets his first try in an England jersey. Yeah, I suppose it all, all goes back to mum and dad. Usually, you know, they're the guys that are, are my rock. And when it does get tough, they're, they're the people I go to first and foremost. My mates too. Having people like that is so important because sometimes I've in the past bottled it up and you, you don't speak to people, you don't look for advice and it ends up getting too much. So speaking to those guys and hearing from them and just finding people that have been in that situation before and hearing about their experiences. There's so many players here. Genji, for example, when I first came in here, he took me under his wing. And it's so important that that happens because he's a guy I can go to with any troubles, any doubts. You know, I can go and find Genji and I guarantee you he's probably experienced that before. Ben Young's the same, like guys I've played with at club. You know, they put their arm out for you and they look out for you and that's so important. Oh, there's some long-term ambitions. Like, of course, everyone wants to be, be one of the greats, don't they? And I definitely fall into that category. You know, I like to set myself big challenges. They may be they may be unrealistic, but you have to give it a shot, don't you? And definitely short term, you know, we've got France on the horizon this year, and that's you know mouthwatering. Like to potentially be involved in that and have that experience and go up against some of the best in the world is amazing. And they're the things that that help you and make you better as much as it is your own work and your own dedication away from that it's also playing against those guys and being in those situations in in, in front of those crowds that's the bit that gets the, gets the best out of you and, and where you learn I think certainly over the past few years um, Steve has been massive for me and he's been really helpful in just helping me understand that I need to just work on my strengths and and hone on them and not to explore these other avenues and get seduced by other areas of the game but just be me and, and work hard at those things. He's huge on on the effort side of the game and and stuff like the fight. And I've always been one for, for hard work, I guess. I, I like it when it gets tough. I think it's addictive. I love it when it gets hard because the feeling of achieving something when you've been to the well, especially with your best mates as well, like it's unmatched. And I find it really addictive. I love going to those, those dark spots because when you come out with something, it, it feels amazing. And Steve's massive on that and Alid too. And those guys have been almost mentors as well as coaches, which I think is so important, particularly as a young player where there's lots of stuff that you're learning. 